Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out this week's episode of the One Man Podcast. It's always free and available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, and many more, as well as on the web at onemanpodcast.com. So please, whatever platform you're listening on, like and subscribe. Uh, While you're at it, give it a rating, leave a review. Why? Because it helps the podcast, and I'd really appreciate it. How about that? What about social media? Search One Man Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to keep up with what's going on there. Get a little extra content for yourself. And finally, to get in touch, please send your emails to contact at onemanpodcast.com. You send it, I read it on the podcast, that's the deal. Thanks for listening, guys, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. I'm K. Trevor Wilson from TV's Letterkenny, and you're listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! It's Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 116 for Wednesday, July 31st, 2019. How are you guys doing? How's it going, onesies? You guys have a good week? Did you got lots of fun stuff done? Since last I spoke to you, I'm sorry, my uh, aligners are a little weird in my mouth right now. I uh, I rinsed with Paradex earlier, which is like a, I don't know what to call it. It's like a really, you know, prescription sort of mouthwash. I uh, got it years ago, but... My, uh, my aligners are rubbing a bit on my gums and it's actually caused like a small cut right above my, uh, one of my front teeth, my eye teeth, the old beaver teeth. So it's just the way the plastic is cut on the aligners and it sort of rubs against it a little bit. So yeah, I've had a little bit of a thing there. I figured, you know what? It's been like that for a little bit. It hurts to brush my teeth because it's rubbing against this cut on my gums. So yeah, it sounds weird. It's a weird way to start the show away, eh? but either way. So I use that and made my mouth taste like ass and my, uh. My shallowberry glands aren't working properly. That's not, anyways, what a weird fucking way. But you know what? That's me, world. That's me. Love me. Take me as I am. Mm. So I will be rinsing my mouth periodically with water, just having a sip here and there to keep things afresh. Um, this last week, I did a couple of shows. I, uh, been working away still with some other people collaborating on this new podcast. More details to come. I'm working on getting my way out east. Uh, Nova Scotia onesies. Thank you guys so much for being again, another month in a row where you guys are my strongest listenership on the, in the world. So thank you so much for all of the downloads and the streams and all that fun stuff. Uh, you know, USA, thank you guys so much. Uh, we got California, we got Oregon, uh, Virginia, Florida, a lot of big, uh, Michigan, a lot of people listening. Thank you so much for listening. Then of course, uh, I'm, you know, I'm huge in South Korea. <laughs> I have no idea why, but thank you onesies all over the planet for listening. I really, really appreciate it this week. I, uh, like I said, did some shows, I'm working on the new podcast. It doesn't mean I'll be abandoning the one man podcast. One man podcast will still be coming at you every single week. Just working on another one as well. Uh, I did have a chance to play, uh, you know, have a few different games nights and man, was I ever happy with that? Cause I love me some social gaming opportunities. So I, uh, I did a, a games night with my friends, Nick and Jess. I did one with, uh, Crystal and Brody. Uh, good, great time. Great time. Holy shit. Did I ever have a fun week? And it came and went so quickly. I went to the prove your comic competition again, and then was asked to, uh, you know, guest judge as well. So, um, let's dive into it. And of course I even have an email for you guys this episode. What? I know I'm the gift that keeps on giving. So, uh, I'll read that email at the end of the episode. I hope I don't forget. Cause that's what I do. I forget things all the time. <laughs> so, uh, getting right into it. What can I say first? 
Um, I worked with, uh, another comic, great dude. And we started doing some brainstorming stuff for the, the new podcast. Like I said, I won't get too much into it because of the fact that, you know, I'll, I'll tell you guys about it when it's actually ready to be spoken about, but I'm working away on that. That has taken up some of my time. Um, what else? Um, we ended up working together for a good portion of the day, brainstorming some stuff. Some of you guys may notice that the one man podcast has a new cover, uh, a result of working with that comic. He's a, you know, graphic design guy as well. So we sort of beefed up the, uh, the one man podcast cover just for things like uh, search engine optimization and things like that. It helps to uh, have my name on it before I, I, you know, I love the simplicity of the old podcast logo, but if you look at podcast, uh, covers, they usually have the host's name on them. And I guess that's for search engine optimization and, uh, and often enough, they'll have their face too in some capacity. So you know what? It is what it is. I need to have my stupid face, my stupid name on there. So fix that and, uh, and posted that. That'll be the new logo, you know, or episode cover, I should say, uh, going forward podcast cover, whatever the fuck you call it, whatever the hell you call it. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, that's there. Um, and then that night we went to do a show. So myself, uh, and, uh, another comic here in Ottawa, we're set to do the show, but since I was working with Kyle, he's a good comic, um, didn't end up doing the interview with him. Uh, we just didn't have the time. Um, I got Kyle on the show in Montreal. So, uh, uh, you know, a, a friend of mine in Montreal had uh, asked me to do the show a while back. Him and uh, Logan and I would, would be on the, uh, sorry, Logan and I would be driving down. I got Kyle, uh, a little guest spot on the show. So we drove down. Um, had a lot of fun. My buddy, good friend of mine, uh, Joey Elias, great comic in Canada, um, has, uh, has a residency, I guess, at this place. Once a month, they do a show at a Dunn's in Montreal. Great smoked meat joint. And, uh, yeah, so Joey hosts and they bring in some comics from the town. They actually brought in, uh, Morgan O'Shea originally from Montreal and that makes his home in Toronto. So I guess he was home for a little bit and, um, they ended up having him on the show as well. So, uh, really, really good, fun show start to finish. Hmm. I didn't realize when I went, I thought I was just doing a spot, but it turns out I was closing the show. So, uh, you know, a bit of an honor for me. Thank you very much. Um, I just expected to go and, and tell jokes, but, uh, it was kind of a little more pressure when you're closing the show, just for the record, for anyone listening, you know, if you're like, Hey, I'm going to go out and have a good time, shoot my mouth off, whatever. I was planning on working on some new stuff, which I still ended up doing, but when you're closing the show, you kind of don't want to be the weakest person on the show. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're in the middle or the, you're up first, you're kind of just the, the, the warm up, the, the joke fluffer. You know what I mean? Go out there and just kind of, you know, lick the balls a little bit. The com why why do I have to make it dirty? Anyways, I was closing the show. I worked on some new stuff, uh, which went particularly well. I'm actually working on some stuff about senior citizens, um, and not in a hateful way. Uh frustrated way, <laughs> but not hateful. Um, and it actually went really, really well. Like I had there was a lot of uh my elders at the, uh, at the, in the audience. So it was great to hear how much they were loving what I was saying. Like, it wasn't like, boo, you know, I've heard people shit on old people, um, seniors, whatever they're fucking, you're old people, whatever. They haven't figured out how podcasts work. It's not like I'm hurting their feelings. They're not here. Oh, what is this? What the fuck question is this? Which bus station do you leave from? I don't even know who that is. Ugh, identify yourselves. Uh, all right. Well, let me just go ahead and get distracted. Um, yeah, there's 20 people in this one. I have no idea who that is. All right. Um, so yeah, the show went well. The crowd absolutely loved it. I got to work on some new material. I forgot to record it. Uh, it was good to see my buddy, Joey Elias. Um, 
it's a 20 person text message thing. And now everyone's like, who is this? What do we want? And of course I've got my watch on. So it's just buzzing my wrist every two seconds. Ah, technology makes our lives easier and worse at the same time. So anyways, uh, show went good. I already said that. Fuck sakes. Guys, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm a little distracted right now. I had a shitty taste in my mouth from the mouthwash. Um, I'm doing this of course on Tuesday evening, seven o'clock, a little t- more tired than I'd like to be. Did a lot of errands today. Got a lot of things done, but, uh, but nothing really comedy or work related. And uh, I apologize for the delay in the podcast. I hope that uh, what I selected for you guys in terms of uh, articles and whatnot for our sponsors and books will be of interest to you a little later on. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, let's just yeah let's let's uh, let's push ahead. Okay, um, the show in Montreal was great for what it was for the amount of of material I did and amount of new stuff I did. I was very very happy with it. I've made notes since. And, uh, and just been having some fun. You know what I mean? Like it was a great show. I had a great, uh, great time seeing Kyle, great time uh, working with Logan. Um, thank you. Uh, you know, Leonard yell in, uh, in Montreal. Thank you, Joey Elias. Thank you, Morgan O'Shea, who's on the show as well. Um, yeah. And it was just an overall, you know, it was two hours there, two hours back. It, it was over in a blink of an eye. Um, I had a great time really did have a great time on Thursday night doing that show and get a little bit of uh, new material. Um, Friday or maybe that was Wednesday. I don't remember fucking the name. I think that was a Thursday night. Uh, either way, I ended up doing a, um, what do you call it? Uh, a competition in Carlton place. It was really cool. I had an opportunity to hang out with Brody, um, whom I love spending time with Brody and I were going to hang out for the evening. And, uh, we ended up, I'm trying to think of what I did in preparation. I've done so much lately guys. Like every day I've been, I've been making the most of, I'm feeling really good about that. Um, I haven't had a chance to do a lot of reading. I want to get some more reading done, but, uh, just banging away on this new podcast format. Oh my God. The yawning. Why does this only happen to me? Maybe it's part of talking. I don't know. It only happens to me when I record the podcast. I'll be like, kind of like tired, but I'm not walking around yawning, yawning, yawning. As soon as I start talking, you think gearing up. That's when the, that's when the fucking mouth exhaust starts firing on. Um, yeah, I, uh, I went with Brody to, a show I had in Carlton place. And this is a show I was asked to do like maybe a day or two out. And I knew I had plans with him that evening. So what we ended up doing was I asked him, Hey, I got on the show. It's a competition, you know, something simple, a little bit of prize money. If you win, however, there's a chance that we drove all the way out there. Carlton place, like 45 minutes from where I live. So I could have gone out to do like an eight minute set and lost the competition and drove home, you know, with nothing. And of course it was a night that I was hanging out with Brody. So I'd be like, oh man, Hey, I'm sorry that we spent our time together, you know, sitting in a fucking bar, you know, me, me hacking around trying to turn to, you know, win this prize money. But luckily we, we went, uh, we had a meal at, uh, one of my favorite places in Carlton place. I pretty much eat there every time I do a show there. Um, good shawarma spot there, there, that's as close to name as I'll get, <laughs> but, uh, Show was interesting. We got there and it was like, it was kind of fun for me to have Brody there because we were sitting at a table before the show started. It's at a bar right on the waterfront and their patio is like right out on the kind of river that goes through town. And, um, we're sitting there and the comics are talking shop. Brody's just sitting there listening. He, he looked disinterested, but he was like, no, it's interesting to hear. Like he's 15 and he's listening to a bunch of comics, like talking about the industry, different ages too. Like, you know, there's, there's some young comics, some older comics. Now, this particular show is, was more, you know, up and coming comics. I'm not saying like everybody had varying degrees of experience and, and time that they've been doing it, but, um, it's not, uh, it's not like it was a ton of like 
you know, headliners or paid regulars or things like that. So I was asked through the show. I didn't know who was on it. It's not like I looked at it and cherry picked. I was asked to the show. I said, sure, I could use the money. Why not? So I did it. And, uh, I, I was, it was interesting. I was on later in the show. Some of the comics did very, very well. And I was, I'll be honest. I was like, fuck this. This could be anybody's. And that's the thing with comedy. Uh, the way it works with like a lot of competition shows and stuff like that, it's doing like six minutes. You know what I mean? Six minutes. If you've never done comedy before, seems like a really long time. But the thing is like every amateur who's starting, they got to do six minutes their first time. So everybody's got six you know what I mean? The difference is, is it's like, I tell people it's like the difference between sprinting and a marathon. Like I would know either, but just metaphorically speaking. All right. Just listen to what I'm fucking saying. All right. Um, anybody could fire off out of the gates and do well, you know what I mean? Run, run fast for 20 seconds or whatever. But it's like that. Can you maintain that speed for the same, the stake of a marathon? Same thing with like, Hey, could you entertain an audience for 45 minutes? You know? Yeah. Who, everyone can make them laugh for five, six minutes. Um, I'll give you an example is like when you're watching just for laughs, the galas and stuff, you're watching like six, seven minute sets. So it's like, you don't have to, you know, it doesn't take you forever to come up with five, six minutes of really good material. You know, it takes, I mean, it does, it's not, I'm not saying it's effortless, but I'm saying it's a lot, it's a lot harder to be funny for 45 minutes straight, handle your pacing, handle your timing, everything like that to not wear the audience out and everything like that. It's, it's a different thing to do that. Whereas in competitions, um, you know, there's one in Ottawa that people uh, reference and Ottawa people say all the time that was like, um, you know, Brad Lyons, who's a local guy, you know, has been for years, um, uh, beat Jeremy Hotz. Jeremy Hotz, very famous comic, lives in Los Angeles from Ottawa. You know, he's done Just Flash, done everything. A lot of people probably know who he is just by his name. But th this, this, you know, a guy who's never been more than an up and comer beat him in a competition over the sake of five minutes because in five minutes is sort of anybody's game. Uh, Mitch Hedberg, great comic, does just for the last little time, does, does one liners. A lot of people know who Mitch Hedberg is just by his name. Mitch Hedberg is amazing showcase comic, you know, five to seven minute sets just for laughs, whatever you hear. Amazing. Um, but when you listen to his comedy albums, there's a lot of lulls, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's one of those things where it's good to whittle down just a thing. It's almost like eating one Dorito. You ever, have you ever eaten one Dorito on its own? It's like, oh, that's amazing. Another one, you're like, oh, these are delicious. Six, seven in, you're like, this is disgusting. Um, so anyways, that's all I'm trying to say is that in terms of a small competition show where we're doing six to seven minutes each, it's really not hard to um, to lose to anybody. It's anybody's game and everyone was doing well in the show. The crowd was a little fucked up just because of the fact that the room is is a bar, the serving staff and uh, a lot of the patrons, are like, they're not used to comedy shows. They don't have a comedy club in town. So they're not like, oh, be quiet and listen. The sound in the place isn't great. You know, that we had a microphone, but it really wasn't making that much of a difference. So at times the crowd would get so chatty, you, you couldn't even hear what the comic was saying. And Brody was sitting in front of me and I just, I sat, I, every time that would happen, I'd lean forward and I'd go, it was just me trying to teach him sort of what to look at at comedy besides just the the act. And I was saying like every time like a comic would, would say something and then the crowd would sort of break in a little group, start discussing, and then they would just all start talking. I'd lean forward and I go, look, everybody's talking. I go, everyone's talking. No one's listening to them anymore. The guy's lost control of the room. You know what I mean? So like, and then people would of course do well and they'd listen again and then they would break. So I just said, I, I go, the same thing could happen to me, but the whole idea is like, you got to be aware of it. So as a comic, he's just, the, the comic on stage just keeps talking. And I'm like, you know, you got to recognize that no one's listening and figure it out. 
you know, just get a, find a way to go up in the back. You got to be a shepherd at this point, you know, wrangle your cattle back in because they're not paying attention. They're going all over the place. So, um, anyways, my turn to go on stage. I go up. Um, I, I try, this was my thing. I'm like, since I'm more experienced than a lot of the other people in the show, I go, it would be unfair to go and just, you know, do my absolute best a material, you know, the, the, the hits, if you will. So I'm like, you know what, that, that, uh, senior citizen joke worked really well last night. That's about the same amount of time I'm doing here. I'm going to go up and I'm going to do something, you know, new, I'll do some new material and see, you know, if it, if it does well, if it does enough to, you know, when great, if not at least I wasn't, at least I didn't go up there and just, you know, unfair. It's like, you know, you got a peewee hockey tournament, which is a reference most of the world won't give a shit about, but you know, you got a small, you got a sports tournament. All of a sudden you bring in a fucking professional and you go, oh, well he scored more than the kids. So give him the prize. It's like, oh, that's not fair. Anyways. Um, I had a good time. I did win. I'm the funniest person. In the world. <laughs> no, I, I was surprised and I was, was humbled to win. Um, I gave Brody a little bit of the money too, just for spending his night with me. And then we went back, uh, to my place. We hung out, played some video games, passed out. Great time with that kid. I fucking love that kid. Um, amazing time. Amazing time. Um, I did another sampling. Fine. Nothing special. And then, uh, that evening I got to, uh, I went over to Crystal's and we had sort of a games night. So myself, Brody, uh, Michaela was off having a sleepover or whatever, but we played some really fun games. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys give a shit about board games, but, uh, we played, uh, what do we play? We played, uh, King of Tokyo, which is basically like Yahtzee with like an old Japanese, you know, King Kong versus Godzilla sort of feel to it. Very fun game. Super fun, easy party game. Uh, we played, uh, what else did we play? I brought a couple of them. Didn't get a chance to try them all. I'm, I don't know why I'm drawing blank. Oh, we played Northwind, uh, you know, from the people who made Settlers of Catan. It's like another, another sort of resource management game. And then finally we played a game called The Mind. And the mind is a very interesting game. It's a card game. It's really easy to bust it at parties. Very hard to win. Super easy to learn. Super hard to master. But uh, we did particularly good. Like really, really good. Um, we had a barbecue and everything like that. It was great. Uh, I had a great time. I had a very, very good time. Um, I don't remember what the fuck I did with my Sunday. Oh, uh, oh yeah. My friends uh, Nick and Jess came by. You know, I, I was doing, I think I ran some errands. I went and had breakfast with my mom. I, oh, fuck me. I can't even, I can't even believe I forgot about that. I recorded another podcast, uh, with my friends, Chris Kingsbury. Jesus Christ. Did I do a lot? Um, I, uh, recorded a podcast with my buddy, Chris Kingsbury and Matthew champ. Um, they have a podcast called daddy issues. I will be featured in episode four, I believe. Um, so yeah, very excited about that. Um, we recorded that on Sunday during the day. I went and had breakfast with my mom and then we went and recorded daddy issues. Like one of the longest ones was like two hour podcast. Um, Chris is a father of two. Uh, Matt is about to become a father really any day now. Um, it's very, very interesting. And of course they had me on the episode as a, you know, my experience being a, a kind of a stepdad, right? Brody and Michaela are not my biological children, but I've been with, uh, with their mother uh, in a relationship on and off, of course, for a long time. And I've watched them grow up. I love those kids. Like they were my own, um, you know, and I don't see them as much as I'd like to, but it's, uh, it's, it, it was, it was, uh, very kind of them to have me on their podcast and, uh, and chat about sort of what it's like is my experience. That. So, you know, daddy issues is episode number four. I think it's called daddy issues with champ and Kingsbury. Um, because that's the name, Matthew Champ, Chris Kingsbury. So check that out. I know that the episodes are available. There's a few episodes on the iTunes store already, uh, Apple Podcasts. So 
be sure to check that out, guys. Um, I'll let you know when my episode comes out because I think they do one every two weeks. So it'll be another week or two before my episode comes out. But I, I found that interesting. I actually told some stories on that that I haven't told in this podcast. I know I tell you guys a lot of stories and if they come to mind, I share them with you, but there's some on there that I wouldn't think to. Of course, at any point in time ever, if there's something that you guys want to know that I haven't told you, fucking email me, contact at one I'm happy to answer any questions that you may have. Um, yeah, we, we recorded the podcast. I brought my, uh, my podcast equipment so that those guys could see sort of how, how I do it. I've been doing this podcast for two years. They're relatively new. So just in terms of like my equipment and setup and things like that, they wanted to see that. So we recorded on my equipment. Um, so just in case you happen to listen to a few episodes before you hear mine, just know, uh, my episodes, uh, audio quality will be a little bit better. And of course the guys are new. They're both dads. They don't have a ton of disposable income for, for all the fancy stuff, but they're working their way towards it. So just know that their episodes are getting better and better as they progress, but they're still worth listening to. Uh, those guys are, are, are good dudes. Good dudes. I like them both very, very much. Um, so yeah, I did that. I, uh, I did the Montreal show. I did the Carlton place show hung out with, you know, Brody, Crystal, Nick and Jess came over Sunday. That was cool. We, um, we played more board games and, uh, that was kind of cool. I'm just, in, I'm just, honestly, I'm enjoying the social aspect. I do like board games. I'm a big theme guy. I'm, I'm nerdy like that. My friends know I'm fucking nerdy and I don't really give a shit. You know, I like, I like telling jokes. I like sitting around doing things social. And I like, I like anything that, that involves them, you know, your imagination or creativity. So Nick and Jess are both big, like horror movie fans and, you know, be horror movies and things like that. And, uh, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed sharing, uh, sharing a game that I, I bought a long time ago and I've never had the opportunity to play because, um, most of the people in the household, like here's the thing. Kamar is, uh, is not really interested in board games of any kind. Simon, you teach them to him, you know, he's Simon's a good sport, but generally speaking, I think Simon and Jason both shy away from board games for the same reason is that they're afraid to try to learn a new game. They're afraid that they won't get it. And then look like the only person at the table who doesn't understand the game. Um, yeah, Jason, J, uh, whatever. What can I say? Jason, he always wants to play board games and he's drunk. He tried to teach him. He's like, nah, it's gonna be too complicated. So he convinces himself that stuff is hard to learn before he even tries. Um, Kamar sat in on some games, you know, some, some card games a while back, but, um, I don't think Kamar wouldn't get them. I just don't think he doesn't care. So, um, but anyways, I bought a lot of these games cause I'm like, I like the idea of them, but I can't get my roommates to play any of them with me. So, um, Jess and Nick are horror movie fans and I have this game called Betrayal at House on the Hill. Very interesting concept. I would imagine some of my listeners like Chris and my brother already know this game are very familiar with it. But for those of you who don't know, um, Betrayal at House on the Hill is an interesting game. You basically, you basically, I'm like, I'm just hating myself for, for basically. So the idea of the game is it plays like an old sort of horror movie. You are in this house and you're, you know, however many people are playing, you're that many explorers and you're wandering around discovering this house. The game plays where every time you walk into a new room, there's a stack of tiles and every tile is a new room in the house. So, you know, as you walk through a door, you pick a random tile, flip it over and that's the room you're in. And the rooms have sometimes events or, or, you know, items or omens or things like that in the room. And the first part of the game, you and the other players are just exploring this house, gathering things, gathering omens, you know, finding out what's what and, and, and figuring out the layout of this house. And then at one point in the game, um, something called the haunt triggers, and that's the betrayal portion of the, the game, betrayal at house on the hill is at some point in the game, 
randomly, somebody is going to become the betrayer. So when the game starts, none of the players know that they're the betrayer. Everyone's just wandering in the house. Then at one point, something happens, the haunt triggers. And now one of you, or maybe more than one of you, is trying to kill the other players. You find out randomly. What's very cool about this game is that um, there are so many different scenarios in the game. So depending on what item triggers the haunt in what room, um, there's like a chart and it tells you what page to flip to. So there's all these different scenarios that happen. So when we played it, um, it was myself, Nick and Jess, uh, we're all wandering around the house and then all of a sudden Jess, uh, Jess triggered the haunt or no, sorry, Nick triggered the haunt, but Jess ended up being the player who was the betrayer. Um, just how the book tells you who's what. And Jessica was some like weird plant. She was like poison ivy basically. So now all of a sudden the, the house has all these like plant tentacles chasing myself and Nick and Nick and I had to run to a particular room to make like a spray or whatever. So it's kind of cool that like the, the twist of the game is a different narrative every time. Like, so sometimes it's like a demon that's chasing you. Sometimes it's, you know, in this case, it's like vines and whatnot, like plants, like poison ivy. It's going to kill you with plants. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's so many different scenarios. It keeps the game fresh. The house never builds the same way twice. The, the haunt is not usually the same. Of course, you, you could potentially start it in the same room, but it's just very interesting how the game's laid out. But it plays like an old horror movie where at first you're just wandering in the house and then all of a sudden you're running for your life. Um, very, very cool concept for a game. We had a really good time playing it. Um, I'm glad to have finally had a chance to play the game because I, you know, it's not cheap and I've had it for probably over a year with no one to play with. So very fun, very, very good time. I had playing betrayal at house on the hill. And of course, Monday night, I went to the prove your comic competition with uh, my buddy, Peter, Peter, a good friend of mine decided to come with me to absolute comedy. Um, I, of course, regular listener of the podcast, good friend of mine, you know, Mike LeBlanc was on the show last night. Um, Chris Kingsbury, who he did daddy issues with, he was on the show last night. Uh, Mitch Zilberg, who worked with me for a long time. I've worked with Mitch several times. He was on the show last night. Um, so many good comics on that show last night. It was very, very tough. I uh, judged fairly with no biases. Very, very difficult. So shout out to all the comics who are on the show. As we speak, they are, you know, what time are we? Well, they're, they're just getting ready to, you know, start it up again for the, the nights going forward, the five finalists that move forward. Of course, that competition happening at Absolute Comedy in both Ottawa and Toronto. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's a really good, uh, really, really good time there. Um, I'm going to be hosting the finals at absolute comedy in Toronto. So it's going to be interesting to see. I love seeing the new comics come up, but, uh, wow. Like tough, tough show last night, a lot of like nine comics competing, five moving forward. So hard to, to put a finger on how, like, you know, who was the best or whatever, you know, it was really hard to, to pick the five that would move forward. Of course, I was not the only judge. There was about five, I think, but nine judges all said and done. The five of us plus two, the two comics who were headlining last week, plus uh, two of the reps from uh, from the beer company from Steam Whistle. So yeah, it was it was it was a fun night. I had a good time, and then I got hung out with Nick and Jess and Mike after the show. We chatted, had a good time. I think we you know got to bed at like two thirty in the morning, so we were out late. Went to have pizza afterwards. Terrible for my health, but good times with good friends. Um, thoroughly enjoyed. Um, been chatting away here, guys. It's been a while trying to keep things short, just keep things with the interesting. Um, not a whole lot to tell you besides that. I don't have a story that comes to mind. I was going to go check out, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. Um, but I just, I'm waiting to go see it with somebody. So, um, 
yeah, I mean, that's, that's the next big movie in the theater. So I'm looking for There's some, some good horrors coming out and then, oh fuck, you know what I am going to check right now is, uh, come on, come on, come on. Cineplex free plug for them. That's how I use That's, that's the app I use to download. How do you buy your tickets, Josh? Uh, yep. There you go. Once upon a time in Hollywood pops right up in my face. Where and when does, so crawl is out now guys movie about fucking tornado or whatever that has, uh, now playing when the fuck is, when is scary stories to tell in the dark coming out? Scary stories. I've only talked about it a bunch to tell in the dark, scary stories to tell in the dark. Trailer, yes. Horror, yes. Release it August 9th. Ah, okay. It originally, originally was July. Now they've pushed it back, I guess. All right. So that's why I'm not saying that. That's the next one I want to see. Scary stories told on August 9th. I'm going to be in Tirana. I'm going to be in Tirana. Ah, I'll wait then. I'll go see. Maybe I'll go see Crawl or something. I'm going to need something to do when I'm in Toronto. Um, Yeah. So, okay. Well. There's a few movies out that I'd like to see. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Crawl is another one. I just talked about that. Alligators. Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark coming out soon. Has anyone seen... I heard The Lion King and Aladdin sucked. I saw Toy Story 4. I told you guys about that. I always sound like I'm crotching about movies. It's just like... I don't think I ask a lot for movies. I really don't. Everyone's like, I really enjoyed this. Nip, blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Fuck. Someone said Midsummer was good. Also heard Rocketman was good. I'd probably just go see a movie every day. I'm lining up a lot of work too while I'm in Toronto. So like, I'm going to, I'm going to be a, a busy boy. Anyways, those are the movies got coming out. I'm trying to think if I watched any documentaries recently that I found particularly interesting. Um, I've been doing a lot, you know, I, I enjoy putting the documentaries on the background. I watched, uh, the 22nd season of South Park and feel like it was much, much better than the last season. They were getting really kind of boring and just all Trump jokes or whatever, like every fucking hack comic in the world right now. So I, uh, yeah, like anytime a comic opens their mouth and they say anything about Trump, I'm like, this person's lazy. Um, it's, it's too easy a subject, you know, it's a layup. Guys, that Trump, isn't he something? Huh? That crazy old guy, Trump, Trump, Trump. Anyways. It's like, oh, is that, is that what we're talking about? Is that, did the, did the, the, the news even take a breath from saying that fucking guy's name? Comic. Whoa, comic. You're out here talking about Trump. That's, that's crazy. That's like, that's like everything everybody's talking about now. It's like the only, anyways, whatever. I'm a bit crotchety at the moment. I apologize, guys. How about in this digital age, we take a step, we stick we take a step back from our devices and the technology right? The news, all that fun stuff. And I'll open up a book here with my partners at portablepress.com. Oh yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Uncle John's bathroom reader guys. And, uh, this week I'm reading from uncle John's uncanny bathroom reader. Get it? Because some people call the toilet, the can, and this is the uncanny bathroom reader. Wow. The cuteness. Um, just put a little mark here to let myself know at a later date that I have already read this here article to you guys. And of course, the article I actually chose this week, I find was relatively interesting, is uh, practice safe selfie. What? That's crazy. Yep. Practice safe selfie, guys. I'll read this to you here. It says, 
Here's a look at a disturbing fad that smartphones and social media have made possible. Death-defying extreme selfies that is more than uh, a few people have learned too late don't always defy death. Just say yet. In July 2015, the Russian Interior Ministry published a brochure giving citizens advice on how to avoid getting killed while taking selfies. Selfies with animals don't always turn out cute, the brochure warns, alongside a graphic that shows human figure steak, uh, uh, sorry, a human figure taking a selfie next to a tiger. Selfies on rooftops, it's a long way down, reads the caption next to a person holding a rooftop TV antenna with one hand and taking a selfie with the other as they lean off the side of a tall building. Selfies with weapons can kill, reads a third caption next to a person taking a selfie with a gun in his hand. The brochure was in response to what officials described as an abundance of cases of trauma and even death while trying to make an original selfie. So for, sorry, so far that year, more than a hundred Russians had been seriously injured and at least 10 had died from electrocution, falling off bridges, gunshot wounds to the head and being run over by cars and trains all while taking selfies. In January, two men died while posing with a selfie. Sorry. It's fucking aligners, man. I'm telling you, they fit so weird in your mouth. It just is different to talk. Your, your teeth move differently. I mean, I'm not great at reading it out loud to begin with, but I'm just trying to say that like, I just, I feel it as I go to say something like going to catch on my teeth or whatever. Ah, whatever, whatever. It's a very whatever episode. Guys, not my, not my best episode. I don't know. What's your idea of my best episode? <laughs> just joking. Email in, tell me. Um, yeah, so far that year, blah, blah, blah. In January, two men died while posing for a selfie with a hand grenade. How do we know? Their smartphone survived the explosion and the selfie was found on the phone. Russia's not alone. India suffered even more selfie-related fatalities than Russia did. Worldwide, more people died taking selfies in 2015 than died in shark attacks. Oh, can you imagine taking a selfie of that? Just a selfie of yourself with a giant, wide-open shark jaw behind you seconds beforehand. Here are some of the unfortunate souls who made headlines when their selfies went south. Drusik in Vologda, Russia. This 17-year-old student, real name not disclosed by authorities, posted several extreme selfies on his Instagram page, including one of him standing precariously atop a high bridge and another hanging off the side of a tall building with one hand. For his next selfie, he planned to use a rope to create the appearance that he was falling off another tall building, but the rope broke and he really did fall. Nine stories to his death. Todd Fazler, San Diego, California, IA. Fazler found a rattlesnake in some bushes, and rather than leave it alone, he picked it up and tried to pose with it for a selfie. The snake bit him on the arm. Fazler survived, but the bite was so severe that not only, sorry, so, so severe that not one but two local hospitals used up their entire stock of anti-venom. To, venom, anti-venin. It says, is that what they call it? Anti-venin. I thought it was called anti-venom. Well, how about that? Guys, we learn something new every day. It's written twice in this article, so it's not a typo. Stock of anti-venom to treat him. Even worse, perhaps, than the bite was Fassler's medical bill, $153,000, including $83,000 for the anti-venom. Uh, at last report, Fassler's insurer was still negotiating with the hospital. No word on how much of the bill he'll have to pay out of his own pocket. And that's why healthcare is better than insurance. Uh, I'm going to say this wrong and I apologize. Sarub Jagannath Chulbar from Nashik, India. Chulbar was uh, 18. Oh, Chul, Chul, Chulbar? Shulb, Shulbhar, 18, was taking a selfie on the edge of a high dam when he slipped and fell into the water hundreds of feet below. He drowned. 
So did a friend who tried to rescue him. Well, that sucks. That's like the that's like the guy from uh, you know when they see us. I watched that too, by the way. Oh my god, did I tell you guys about the pot cookie? I think I told you guys about that. I'm trying to think of the night that I did that. Do 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 do, do 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 do. I don't know if I told you guys about that. Uh, maybe I'll read this article and I'll tell you afterwards if I remember. Ha! If I did, yeah, please warn. Yeah, you know what? That's, uh, I don't think I told you guys that story because it'd be nice and easy for me to remember. Um, okay. Uh, Courtney Sanford, High Point, North Carolina. Sanford, 32, was driving to work on Interstate 85 near High Point when her car suddenly crossed the median and crashed head on into a recycling truck. The driver of the truck walked away from the crash, but Sanford was killed. Neither drugs nor alcohol were factors in the collision, and police were at a loss to understand what happened until Sanford's friends checked her social media accounts and discovered she'd taken a selfie and posted on Facebook while driving. Not exactly an extreme selfie, but extremely bad judgment. The Facebook post happened at 8.33 a.m. We got the call in the wreck at 8.34 a.m., a spokesperson for the High Point Police told reporters. Uh, Iri Yunanto, Yogyakarta, Indonesia. In May 2015, 21-year-old Erie was taking a selfie on the edge of an active uh, Mount Merapi volcano on the island of Java when he lost his footing and fell into the crater, a drop of more than 500 feet. A rescue crew wearing oxygen masks and fireproof overall, sorry, coveralls recovered his body three days later. When the eruption of Japan's Mount Ontake volcano killed 57 people in November 2014, more than half of the victims were still clutching their smartphones when their bodies were recovered. David, David, David Gonzalez Lopez, just one David, David Gonzalez Lopez from Velasquila, Spain. Lopez, 33, tried to take a selfie during the running of the bulls in the town of Velasque de la Gosagra. When he didn't take the picture quite quickly enough, one of the bulls gored him to death. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not okay with that. You know, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. So, so cruel with those runnings of the bulls and everything like that, that, uh, especially when you're like, not only are you guys all pricks that are hurting the bulls, but at the same time, you're trying to take a fucking selfie. Die, you see me, uh, you know, whatever, all death is tragic, but you know, every now and again, when you gotta, when you, those, that shit happens to animals every now and again, the, the, you know, universe has got to take one of us out of the herd and, 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 you know, the, the bill always comes due anyways. Dimitri Volodin from Irkutsk, Irk, Irkutsk, Russia. Their place is down silly. Uh, Volodin's mistake was thinking a hibernating bear would remain in hibernation while he took a selfie next to it using the electronic flash. Since it was dark in the bear's den, uh, or sorry, since it was dark in the bear's den, uh, the flash seems to have disturbed the bear, which thought it was being attacked and defended itself. Russian police spokesperson Gennady Maslov told reporters Volodin was 27 in Colorado's Waterton Canyon recreation area near Denver. So many people posed for selfie selfies with bears that officials closed the area to the public in 2015. It remains off limits until the bears were hibernating in their dens where hopefully they would not be bothered. We've actually seen people using selfie sticks, try to get as close as possible, said a spokesperson, sometimes within 10 feet of the wild bears. Yep. People are stupid. Running feet. Older than you thought, the rubber band was invented in 1845. And finally, Pluto is 70% the size of our moon and has five moons of its own. And that, my friends, is my partners at PortablePress.com. 
Uncle John's fourth bathroom reader. This is Uncle John's Uncanny Bathroom Reader that I read that one from, their uh, 29th edition. Very, very good books. Check out their stuff. they got a wide variety of things, and it is fun to sometimes just sit back, read a couple pages of info, you know, let someone else do the research, and we get to just enjoy it on our own. My other partners, guys, Absolute Comedy, right now going through their Prove Your Comic competition. Um, this By the time this launches on Wednesday, you know, you'll have... Uh, You'll have, well, you'll have one night in Ottawa, two nights in Toronto to find out the last of the preliminaries. But of course, next week will be the finals. Uh, I don't, I've got some friends who are in the finals here in Ottawa. Of course, my, my ass will be in Toronto. Um, and I will be, uh, hosting the finals in, uh, an absolute comedy in Toronto. Looking forward to seeing all the, the up and comers who are, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll be there to announce the winner. You know, one person is going to be a grand champion, uh, and, and, you know, uh, get a big boost up in their career. So I'm very excited for them. Um, but yeah, check out absolutecomedy.ca for all the shows. They've got clubs in Ottawa, Toronto, and Kingston. So check out the website, see who's coming and, uh, go out, get yourself some laughs. Absolute comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. And we're back. And did I forget anybody? Huh? Did I? Who... Of all my sponsors, what I have left to say, it's almost like a thing now. Did I forget anybody? Did I forget anybody? I didn't. I did. My partner's with DK, Dorling Kindersley. All right, DK Books, guys. And uh, this week, a nice, easy one. It's very, very cool. Listen, uh, there's a documentary on Netflix, I believe it is, or maybe it's on Crave. Oh, did you hear that? Oh, yeah, I love that. I don't even open them up that wide when I'm, when I'm looking at them, but I love the sound of a book. Like that's the first time I laid it flat on the desk to look at it. I've been reading it in one hand, cradling the spine, but I just laid it flat and you just hear the back crack on it. It's a bonny book. Anyways, guys, this, all right, DC ultimate character guide, the new edition. Um, there's a documentary on, uh, on Netflix about like, I think it's called the wonder woman or something like that, but it's about the guy and the girl that created wonder woman. Apparently the dude was like wicked into like, uh, you know, S and M or bondage and stuff like that, which is like why, you know, wonder woman's got like those, those, uh, bracers on her hands. They were supposed to be like the shackles that she broke free from. And then she's got the rope, her, her truth rope, stuff like that. I mean, that's not in this book. I'm just saying. I've been watching all sorts of documentaries and I'll, I'll, I'll absorb everything with all the new, the new DC stuff coming out. There's gonna be a new, uh, suicide squad movie soon and, and all sorts of stuff. I think Aquaman just left theaters, you know, there's some, uh, there's some fun shit out there. And, and you know what? A lot of the DC characters, you might not know that, that stuff about, um, so all I'm saying is if you're a DC fan, guys, this is the book for you. All right. There's a lot of fucking DC characters. I'll tell you what, black Adam, I'll bet you his ass is in here. Let's see if we can tell a little bit about Black Adam. Black Adam will be in the um, sequel to Shazam, and he will be played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, right? But what do we know about Black Adam? I can tell you right now, I don't know anything 
about Black Adam. There's a Black Hand, a Black Lightning, okay? And there's a Black Adam. Guys, Black Adam is an immensely powerful being originally from ancient Egypt. Ooh-hoo. His nephew used to have the magic of the wizard Shazam until Black Adam stole it from him. Oh, <gasps> thievery. As Kandak's monarch, no idea what that is, Black Adam tolerates no challenge to his authority. That's like Cartman. Respect my authority. <laughs> That's all I have. I will tolerate no challenge to my authority. However, he has been known to fight on the side of good if the earth itself is threatened. Oh, well... That's interesting to know. Okay. What does it say here? It says his powers after switching from his human form to his magically enhanced state, Black Adam is very powerful. His strength, speed, and stamina are at demigod levels. He can also fly, including in space and fire lightning blasts. In his Black Adam form, he is virtually immortal. So he just lives forever. Black Canary. This chick doesn't even look. She looks kind of like Jessica Jones. Ooh. And there's a picture of her with Batman. Interesting. Yeah, she looks cute. She looks kind of hot. She looks like a suicide chick. Um, well, maybe not that bad. So anyways, back to back to Black Adam. Sorry, the hot chick on the page to the right was a little bit distracting here. You never know. I never heard of her. Never heard of her. And this is the power of the voice. Black Canary, the power of the voice. Yeah, maybe I'll read hers next. Um, but yeah, it just says some some powers. All right, says some vital stuff. One of the things I found out a bit, uh, I find about DC characters is that their enemies are almost like the mirrored versions of themselves. You know what I mean? Like Batman's got some good enemies. So does, you know, Superman. In fact, Superman's uh, enemy is like the opposite of himself. Some dorky, bald corporate guy. Superman's got those big flowing locks that apparently you can't cut with a knife because they just break. The Man of Steel can't hurt him. Right? How does Superman shave? But uh, yeah, you got him with his hair and then you got fucking powerless Lex Luthor. He's not a superhero. He's just a little corporate dick, you know, mortal. But yeah, like uh, Shazam has Black Adam, which is like the same shit in his power form. You got the the Green Lantern, who's got Sinestro, who's just a different kind of lantern. It's like, why are the enemies always exactly the same? You know, the closest Spider-Man came to that was like Venom, you know, and it's and it was like a symbiote. So it wasn't that they had the spider powers. It was that the symbiote sort of copied Spider-Man when it was on him because it was on him first. You know, that's real. I'm getting really nerdy. Sorry about that, guys. But anyways, yeah, that's, so that's, that's, what, that's what I know about Black Adam. There's another thing. His real name is Teth Adam, stupid. Occupation, ruler of Kandak. Don't know what the fuck that is. This is supposed to be from Egypt. Is that a real place? Am I stupid? Um, it says height, weight, you know, main, main allies, main foes, you know, uh, moving to the moon. After the crime syndicate, Ultraman pushes the moon to block the sun and make himself more powerful. Black Adam and Sinestro. Huh, I just mentioned Sinestro. Save the day for Earth. The two fly to the moon and use their immense combined strength to push it away. They bring sunlight back to Earth, weakening Ultraman and allowing the captured Justice League to escape. Wow, thanks for saving the day, guys. Whatever. I'm not even going to read the Black Canary Chick, but let's let's flip through. Let me find one more here. There's a there's one here called uh, Rick Flag, which is almost makes him sound like Rick Flair. The Nature Boy? No. He's a Suicide Squad commander. Hey, maybe he was in the first movie. Um, here's one reverse flash. Ooh, DC. Was it a long day at the office? We got to come up with someone. Eobard Thon. The stupid is the biggest fan of the flash Barry Allen in central city in the 25th century. But when Barry travels to the future and Thon finally meets his hero, he is angry that Barry treats him just like everybody else. Thon vows revenge. He gains speed force powers from an, from an old, the flash suit in a time capsule and becomes the evil reverse flash. That's stupid. How do you get powers from a suit? 
Oh, he's got his flash, his flash fucking pre-cum on these, on these things, like a semen stain. Reverse flashes, negative speed force, uh, powers manifest as red lightning. Ooh, 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 fancy vital stats. Anything here that I give a shit about main allies, secret societies, villains, main foes, the flash family, well, like the Berenstein bears reverse flash versus Batman. All right. All right, whatever. I, here's the thing, guys. You you all know cl- through and through that I am not a fucking DC guy. I'm gonna look at Superboy and Supergirl, super genders and super ageism. Whatever, guys. It is a sick book. It does have like I mean, again, this is something that's really really nice. If you have uh, you know, some kids that are into that stuff, if you know that they're into DC, you want to you want to trick them into reading. This is a great thing. It doesn't go super in depth, but every character is here. Doomsday is here, right? He's the one who kills Superman. Uh, spoiler alert! If you didn't know that, um, Elongated Man is like their version of uh, Mister Fantastic, right? You got the Flash. You got uh, you know, there's a there's a lot of different ones here. Mister Freeze. Oh, it's the chilling sound of your doom. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Isn't Mister Freeze? Oh yeah, that's Batman. That's Batman. So yeah, Poison Ivy, of course that's, of course he's in the DC book. Jesus Christ, Josh. I don't know what a lot of these are. Metron, Mr. Miracle, Mr. Freeze. It's the children's ice to see you. (laughs) Ah, oh man. Remember movies, action movies with the stupid shit they had? Where the fuck's Poison Ivy? Let's see what she looks like in this. Let's see if they tell us anything. We all know about Poison Ivy, right? Real name, Uma Thurman. Um, oh, there she is. Yeah, they've had better pictures of her. I'm not going to lie. She's looked really, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I'm just upset that they haven't overly objectified her in this. Good for you, DK. Moving forward. All right. After, after botanist Pamela Isley is doused in a plant serum she creates, she gains superpowers and turns into poison ivy. Ivy is an eco-terrorist who has control over plants and places their rights above those of humans. Ooh. Through her power. She's like PETA, but, but plants. Uh, through her powers, she has a connection to the green, the et- elemental force connecting all plant life on the earth. Ah, for fuck's sakes. I never knew that. Didn't realize. It was like the force. She has a connection to the green. May the green be with you. Bloom. <laughs> um, powers. Ivy's exposure to her own plant serum makes her immune to all poisons and toxins. However, she can poison others with a touch. Ivy can also release chemicals that make people do as she wants, particularly men. Yeah, it's called pheromones. Every woman can. She can control plants, making them grow and twist rapidly to ensnare her opponents. Everyone loves Ivy. Ivy decides that the world would be a better place if she controlled it. So she puts a potion in the plants that people eat. Soon she controls everyone on the planet, and the only ones immune to her charm are Catwoman and Batman, who have taken an antidote. Batman manages to release Ivy's close friend, uh, Harley Quinn, who makes Ivy see reason. Yeah. All right, guys, DC ultimate character guide. It's the ultimate character guide. All right. Ultimate. So if you want to know anything about any of the characters in the DC universe, uh, pick it up. Good book for the kids. Simple read. Every page is a different character. So it's not like it's, it's not a huge encyclopedia. Okay. It's just a character guide. It gives you a nice quick little broad strokes. If you're a fan, you want your kids to read uh, great book, great choice. DK.com slash CA in Canada, just DK.com in the States or DK books anywhere else in the world. DC ultimate character guide guys. I will try to tell you this pot cookie story. I can't remember what day it was. I may have told you already. If I did, then just fucking skip ahead. Uh, live your life, you know, no, uh, no harm, no foul. Otherwise 
Um, I, I told you guys I took a CBD oil and I found it to be, you know, a little, a little calming felt, felt good. I basically just not in pain CBD, uh, as the book, you know, I had speaking of DK, a little tag there. I read a DK book about CBD oil and it gave me, you know, more reason to feel calm and comfortable with the idea of, of taping, taking CBD pills. Um, because of the fact that I'm like, okay, it's supposed to be all the, you know, the, the painkiller without the high, I don't like the high of, of pot. I really don't like the high of pot. And, um, a comic came by the house real quick to, uh, pick something up. And, uh, and he's like, Hey man, do you like edibles? And I'm like, well, not really. Last time I had a pot brownie, I was, I was tripping balls in the middle of January, walking around my neighborhood. My dad gave it to me. My, my dad gave my mom one. She seemed fine. Um, my mom was not a drug drug person at all. Um, doesn't smoke pot or anything like that. She's like, she's totally cool with like, Hey, if it helps people, you know, not feel pain, then more power to you. But, uh, anyways, my buddy's like, um, <laughs> my buddy's like, uh, yeah, well, it's like, yeah, you just take half a cookie then. He's like, just take half a cookie. He's like, I take about half a cookie. The cookie's 10 milligrams. So I take about half a cookie and I'm, I'm fine. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to take a quarter of a cookie because I am not that good at all. Um, I, I will trip balls. So it's nine o'clock at night. I'm sitting, I'm doing a puzzle. I'm watching uh Netflix. I'm watching when they see us, which is a, a, a kind of like little docu docu drama series. Um, definitely, definitely recommend it. It's nothing new to me. The, the cops and people like that will, you know, frame people or, or do whatever they have to do to get a conviction or whatever. It was a good story. Well done. Um, you know, referring to the, uh, central park five now known as the exonerated five. Um, but yeah, check that out when they see us on Netflix. So I'm watching that I'm doing a puzzle. It's nine o'clock and I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to take this, this quarter of a cookie now. So I crack it. It tastes like a chocolate chip cookie with, with pot in it. And, uh, yeah, I made something to eat at the same time. Cause I'm like, before this thing cooks in or <laughs> cooks in before this thing kicks in, I want to cook something because I know that I'm I'm really scatterbrained. I remember trying to make craft dinner high one time, like 10 years ago. And I probably went under the sink to try to find like a strainer, like six times. Cause by the time I was like, Oh, I gotta get a strainer and open the, the cabinet. I'd already forgot what I was in there for. And of course the whole time that the stuff's still boiling on the stove. So I'm like, yeah, I can't cook high. I get, I'm way too distracted. Um, so I take the cookie nine o'clock, make something to eat. And continue my puzzle, continue watching the Netflix, Netflix thing. Um, hour goes by nothing. Another hour goes by 1130. I'm like, Oh, nothing's, nothing's happening. I'm still doing my puzzle. I feel fine. Trust me. I am very aware of the slightest changes in my body. Um, I, every time I, I get high, you know, and I, this is like, I says never happens. Like maybe once every couple of years, I'll take like a puff off a joint and I feel it immediately. I'm immediately aware of what's going on. And uh, same thing when I took the CBD pills, like I felt it, I felt that kind of a numbness and I was like, oh, this actually feels good. Like, you know, not paralyzed, but just like a numbness, uh, feeling good. So, uh, I remember, um, <laughs> it's like 1130 at night, nothing. Okay. Uh, 1230 at night, Jason comes home, still nothing. Like I'm still just doing my puzzle. I'm wide awake. I don't feel wired or anything like that. I'm just, I'm wide awake. I'm still just doing my puzzle. I'm having a good time. I'm watching this documentary series on Netflix and, uh, yeah, two o'clock in the morning. Okay. Five hours after I took this cookie, nothing. So I'm like, okay, I took it because I was feeling a little bit of pain in my hips and I'm like, okay, well, I wanted to see if it would kill the pain a little bit. Nothing happened. So I'm like, all right, I go up to bed two o'clock in the morning and I decided to take two of my 2.5 milligram CBD oil pills. 
So I'm like, okay, well, the pot cookie didn't work. So I'm going to take these pills, pop them in, lay down in bed, put on my uh, sleep apnea mask, whatever, pass out. Wake up at six o'clock in the morning, have to pee, take my mask off, start walking to the bathroom, and I start to feel a little off. Just a little off. Like, what the fuck is wrong with me right now? Why? Why do I feel a little off? And then I feel this pressure on the left side of my head, probably my sinus. But I'm like, what the fuck? And then I feel like I feel like we are start peeing, and I'm like, why am I did? Why am I? Why am I dizz? Why do I feel off? Why do I feel off? This is fucking weird. Look in the mirror, and my eyes are like pinhole. Like my pupils are like pinholes. I'm like, what the fuck? I go downstairs. I feel weird. Like everything feels sort of jumpy and weird. I'm like, am I having a stroke? I go downstairs. I grab a glass of water from the fridge drink it. I immediately start to have that like marijuana, like, oh wow, I can feel every part of my esophagus and my stomach inside. I start to feel cold in my core. I'm like, what the, f- what the fuck is going on with me? I'm like, okay. And I, and I start to think I'm like, holy fuck, is this the pot kicking in? Like I'm, I'm high. I think I'm high. I'm not, I'm not hurting. I'm, or I'm not, nothing bad's happening to me. I'm fucking high. I'm like, I put, took that pot nine hours ago. Why the fuck is it kicking in now? And I'm like, and I'm doing that, that high thing where I'm like, you know, I think something for 30 seconds and I just, what the fuck am I doing? Where am I? I'm standing in the living room. I, the water that I drank, standing in the kitchen, clutching in the middle of summer in the heat, I'm standing there and I'm shivering my teeth chattering from the coldness of the water. I go upstairs. I try to go back to sleep. I put TV on and I'm, and I'm, I'm fully fucking high. I'm fully fucking high from a quarter of a cookie, fully high fully paranoid and not the paranoid, like, oh, someone's going to, I don't give a shit if anyone knows it's legal paranoid in the sense. I'm just not comfortable. and I don't want to be high. I didn't take a cookie at nine o'clock at night. So I could be high, start getting high at six o'clock in the fucking morning. So I put on family guy because it's the best show to fall asleep to because it sucks. Um, but of course, family guy can be really weird and stupid at sometimes. Well, of course the weirdest shit going on is, is happening on the episode. So I'm, I'm tripping out. I'm having a bad trip from a quarter of a fucking weed cookie. Um, and I told, I told the guy who gave it to me, they say, what the fuck is with your cookie? I believe this was Wednesday night because I was telling, yeah, it was Wednesday night. It was the night before I went to Montreal because I gave Kyle the other three quarters of the cookie. He ate it on the way home. He ate it at the show after the, sh- like after his sabbat, he ate it. And the whole way back for like the next three hours, he didn't feel anything. I talked to him the next day. I go, did yours kick in nine hours later? He's like, no, I don't think I got high at all. He ate three times the amount I did. Nothing happened to him. I got got high. I mean, I, I didn't get crazy high, but I got full on high and uh, was not comfortable with it. So again, edible, still not for me, uh, but that's the pot story. So there you go. Um, a lot, a lot happened to me this week, guys. A lot of things happened, and now you know all of them. Of course, if you ever want me to go into more details on anything, guys, please feel free to let me know. That's what this is all about. And an email from Red, my pal Vanessa. She says, hey, Josh, since you were so interested in dedicated chores, we have dedicated chores in our house. John often insists on cooking because he feels responsible for it since he's a chef. I think this is somewhat ridiculous, but you know what? He feels that way. Sorry. He feels the way he feels and it's whatever I, well, I hope when I come see you guys next month that he will cook for me. Um, minimum of twice, John minimum of twice. Um, he feels the way he feels and whatever. So he cooks and because he insists on cooking, he has to clean because he cooks like a chef and makes a big mess. Yeah, I totally get it. My, my roommate did that too. This kind of works because, uh, if he makes a big mess, he has to clean it. I will usually help a bit by emptying the dishwasher or pick up the table. I assume that means like clearing the table. Um, bop, bop, bop. Come on, come on, scroll. Don't, don't highlight stuff. Um, 
blah, 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 blah. But in return, I do uh, the laundry, all of our laundry, including my husband's work clothes. Um, also getting stains out of clothes and folding. I put away my son's clothes, but my husband puts away his own clothes since I helped put away the dishes. Um, but we have also decided that cleaning the house is one of those things that is worth it to us to hire a cleaning person. So we have someone come who comes bi-weekly and mops the floors, cleans the surfaces in the kitchen and the bathrooms. To us, it's the best money spent as it leaves a lot more time for us to enjoy our lives worth every penny. Thanks, Red, for the email. I, uh, I would even ask, uh, you know, how much does that cost? I know, I know asking prices of stuff is, I don't know if it's personal. It's not personal to me. I, I'm a fucking open book, man. People can ask me stuff. I, I will tell you, I will answer your questions. People ask me questions all the time. I'm like, is it okay? If I'm like, I don't, I don't care. I, you know what it is? It's because I'm, it's a golden rule thing for me. Um, not to have completely shifted gears. I want to know what you pay for the cleaning person. You don't have to tell me, you know, you don't have to email it in if you want to tell me personally, but don't want to tell the podcast, whatever it is. Or if you just don't want to tell me, it's fine. But you know what? I ask a lot of questions. People are like, oh, that's not okay to ask. I'm like, listen, there's no question. You know how people say there's no such thing as a stupid question. I don't think that there's anything wrong with asking. I think that, the, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, you know what? I, I'm not comfortable sharing. I think that's okay. But some people act like you're an asshole for asking. Um, this runs, this happens to me a lot. I, I had a conversation with someone recently where someone got mad at someone for asking a question. And I was like, you know what? I, I go, I, I empathize with that person only because I know that I'm capable of asking that question in a context too. Um, so I, you know, I, I just, the person misunderstood what I was saying. They thought I was defending that particular person. The person who asked the question is known as a, someone who likes to stir the pot. And I was just trying to say that, you know what? I, I think that there's scenarios where I'm capable of asking the wrong question at the wrong time, but I think it's because it's just because I'm curious, I'm trying to learn the world. I'm trying to learn things. And, uh, I just, every now and again, like I'm, I'm, I'm insatiably curious. Um, I, I want to know things and it's not because I'm like, oh, how much money do you make or whatever it is? Um, it's more of the whole, like, oh, what, what, yeah. What does house cleaning cost? Like I just assume, Hey, having a maid is expensive. I'm not a rich person. I can't have a maid, but you don't have to have a maid. You could have someone who comes by and cleans your house once every two weeks. And I'm like, oh, what would that cost? $500. I'm like, well, I think I'd rather clean my own bathroom for 500 bucks. I know it's not that much. Um, but it's just one of those things. So maybe there's a lot of people out there. It's like, Hey, uh, I don't want to do it. I do not want to clean my bathroom. So, um, someone else can come and clean the surfaces and clean the sinks and the bathrooms and mop the floors. Yeah. Fuck that. Um, so I find that fascinating, right? And if you don't mind telling me, that'd be great. And I will come and I will judge how clean your house is, uh, when I come stay with you, but looking forward to it. Nova Scotia onesies. I am in talks right now about getting a booking out there. So I can't wait to come see you. And I hope all of you that are listening will come and be a part of the show that I'm at, uh, get a chance to meet me. I would love to meet you and, and, you know, just to just get to know you guys a little bit. Of course, if any of you guys want to email me, um, when I come, I will let you know. And I want to know, cause I've heard, I went to, uh, to the East coast with crystal. I think we were there in like June or like, or sorry, July or August. And people are telling us the water gets warm, like in the fall, like once the summer's kind of, it starts to get warm. So, I would love for you onesies to email me, contact the one man podcast.com and tell me where should I go and see, I'll, I believe I'll be in the Halifax Dartmouth area. So I'd love to know where I should go and see, like, I really, really want to see the Cabot trail, really want to see it. I, I only got to see it, uh, for a little bit, you know, and then the, the last half was dark. So, um, I'd love to, uh, I'd really love to come back and, and, and see it and, and whatnot. So, um, but that's also five hours away from Halifax. That's like saying, oh, you're going to Ottawa. You're going to visit Toronto while you're there. Like it's different. Um, there's also like, yeah, I, I just love to know the whole, whole 
Nova Scotia, man. Like, tell me, tell me what's there. Maybe I can, you know, spend an extra day or so on the, on the back end to check it out. But, um, I'm working on that and I will tell you guys about that when I have it coming up this week. Not a whole heck of a lot. I'm actually doing some activations this weekend that I'm, uh, I'm excited about, uh, just doing some, some fun little, uh, you know, I can't say the name of the company yet, but just a fun little candy company that I'm, I'm going to be doing something for. And, uh, you know, who knows, maybe it'll be a blast or maybe it'll suck. You'll find out next week. Um, and then on Sunday I will be at Yuck Yucks doing a show called Trevor's Pad. My buddy, Trevor Thompson, who I just did an interview with, uh, he's hosting a show that uh, he does once a month called Trevor's Pad and has asked me to do a spot on it. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't been to Yuck Yucks in a long time, so I'm looking forward to getting on that stage again. Uh, and that's kind of all I've got going on in the week. Um, you know, my week always fills up, you know, there'll be stories for you guys, um, I know that, uh, next week I leave for Toronto. So, you know, I'll only be home for another few days before it's time to be in Toronto for two weeks, but in Toronto, I'm going to be seeing my pal red. She'll probably end up, you know, co-hosting an episode of the podcast with me. Um, I'm going to be seeing my buddy cam who's in the Niagara area. Uh, my friend Peter is actually going to be in Toronto visiting some of his people. So we're going to try to get together and hang out uh, in Toronto. It's a little change of city for me and my buddy Pete. But, um, in the meantime, guys, I hope you have a great week. I hope you have a, a good time in your own lives. Just send some shit into me. Let me know about your pot experiences. Did you guys have any fucking bad trips doing edibles? You know, is anyone here doing CBD oil because they can't handle the regular pot stuff? I just want to know how that stuff works for you guys. Or is anyone doing anything else? Any other kinds of like painkillers or anything like that? I, I like the idea that the CBD oil is like not hard on your liver or whatever. So at least from what I know, I'm sure it'll come out next, you know, two years from now. And it'll be like, ah, it's actually 10 times worse, says new study by scientist Mick, uh, bought and paid for. Um, anyways, you guys have a great week. Don't work too hard. Uh, and I look forward to talking to you again very, very soon. Uh, take care.